Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From the realms of Middle Earth to the shores of the Undying Lands and all the realms in between... And the realm over there, and you got a realm, island realms, realms in the deep. There's a lot of realms, and I love them all. This is Casterly Talk. I'm Ken Knapsack, and we are here to take a look at Rings of Power. This will be our third review episode, but this will be our fourth episode because that is episode four of season one, The Great Wave, director Wayne J. Yip. Writers Stephanie Folsom, uh, working uh, also uh, with a script from J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay. Working, uh, they all work together, kind of. You got to look at those ampersands and those ands to determine who did what. Well, I'm Ken Napsack. You know who's done a lot of things in this world? It's Rachel Cushing, and she is here today. Rachel, it's just you and I. You got the lore floor. Yeah. Oh, no, there's plenty of stuff to talk about. Is it this? Is it from the appendices? Is it from the Zillarillion? Could it be a take on that? There's all uh, kinds of stuff that we can definitely um, dive into. And Alden, you'll be missed, but um, you can have Ken all to yourself next weekend. <laughs> I have a wedding, so I won't be able to help review uh, episode five. So. Hey, that's fair. All you know, Alden, Alden uh, definitely, uh, you know, he, he gets uh, he gets me a lot here. All right, all right. Alden is traveling. Alden had a great opportunity to come up to uh, actually L.A. this week. Got to uh, hang out with him a bit. He was at the Andor launch event uh, for the Disney folks. Uh, another wonderful fantasy sci-fi world. But uh, we're dealing with this one here, the Rings of Power. Rachel, we're halfway through this season. There's a lot to get to today. Some big themes. Uh, how to go forward, which is uh, interesting. The fear of others comes together. Lies, deception, and the truth friendships, connections, and a lot about passive darkness, as always, which is determining which is the light and which is dark. And fathers was a big theme last week, and this week seemed to be a little bit of continuing that theme, but also looking at the children, because that came up a lot, too. A lot of, like, well, Dad said good and bad ways. <laughs> so that's kind of what's going on. A summary of the episode as best I can. I, I always uh, want to try to set the table a little bit, you know, but Aaron Deer is, uh, tr- is captured. He's trapped still with uh, Adar, uh, or who is... With that's what he's being called. Rachel has some good thoughts on what he could be, could be related to or tied to, or just completely it's it's something brand new. Uh, a lot of specula- speculations there. We didn't spend any time with the Harfoots. They were out traveling about with the Starman, but the Starman gets mentioned um, here as well. We are also uh, finally uh, reunited with uh, Theo, Bronwyn, uh, everyone uh, there from the Southlands going to the Tower uh, to find safety and a lot of great stuff in Numenor. Galadriel kind of uh, make it a Making some waves, ooh, that's that's sensitive, maybe too soon, but also making some good points. Halbrand making some, dare we say, dangerous points, good points. We'll dive into all that there. Rachel, your overall thoughts here on the themes, the episode, uh, good, bad, and the otherwise. Yeah, it's so weird to think that we're halfway through. Yeah. Um, And given that, I will say that I found this episode a little slower Mm. than the previous two. when you think about in terms of what characters have decided or have moved for like any forward momentum, there's actually not a ton. Um, And when you're halfway through a season, you're like, I find myself a little bit like, I feel like some of these revelations and some of these things could have happened a little bit faster, such Mm. as like Isildur, you know, deliberately messing up his chances and then accidentally messing up his friend's chances um, to be part of the sea guard. I felt like that could have fit last week pretty easily mm-hmm. because that story could have gone and you could have ended there. Um, I also feel like the mithril stuff, obviously, like I adore it. Yeah, I named yeah. my cat after it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you own some, I, I'm sure, right? <laughs> right. And and I and I I think I know where they're going, but again, I just feel like we probably could have introduced mithril itself because this idea of 
you know, some people hiding things, the dwarves from the elves, the elves from the dwarves, and all of this stuff was already planted. And so to go through this entire episode to get there, um, I don't know. Like some of this stuff for me, again, um, as an editor, I often think like they could have moved stuff up so that we right. could be a little further along than we are right now. That's pretty nitpicky, though. Generally speaking, mm-hmm. um, what they're the story they're telling, the the characters and the beats. Uh, that are on the screen. I'm enjoying yeah, yeah, pretty much across the board, little things here and there, but generally speaking, like yeah. it is great to see Galadriel finally sort of taking a step back, having been advised by Hellbrand, take that for what you will, but she uses <laughs> yeah. that advice to finally make headway right. with Miriel in a way that is not so pompous and do this. And I will, cut you down and go behind your back if you don't go my way like she yeah. she's she's not a good politician this is, <laughs> this is you know she's still yeah. learning that and i liked seeing that that was that was great to yeah. me um yeah no i love they, like, yeah. amazing moments and honestly big theme like what you said for me um adar being father yeah. coming into this episode but then being more than that to me it was so much about legacy and yes. all of these people trying to live up to their fathers, their parents in some way, shape or form. Names are dropped left and right. You finally get some backstory from Elrond and to understand sort of like one of the reasons he is the way he is. Um, the dynamic between Durin the third and Durin the fourth. Like to me, there was so much talk about forebears and ancestors and passing down mm-hmm. information yes. and what children do with that and how parents are trying to protect them. And when parents aren't involved, what do you do? Like there's, there's yeah. just a lot of great stuff there that um, I really thought flowed well from last week. Yeah, absolutely. Picked up the, where, where the themes were last week. And, and, and it's funny because I have a lot of different like theme categories, uh, you know, I, I put this one, how to go forward, which just it goes into a lot of, a lot of cultures that we're, we can discuss some of the lore. And we try to keep this discussion. It's in a weird spot where it's, it's, it's an older property. It's a lot of us have lived with, whether you've read the books or not. So you might have some thoughts. You might have know, know where some things are going, or you've seen the Jackson movies and you get where some of these cultures are heading and some of these lands are heading. We're also trying to take it as it comes week, week to week, but I couldn't escape it. Uh, Rachel watching uh, you know, whether it's uh, Casa Doom, whether, whether Numenor, uh, Southlands, all these places where I kind of kind of have a feeling because I've seen the maps where they go or where they vanish, you know, all those kind of things. And you have all these choices and how you go forward. But all that ties into what you talk about. Talk about children and fathers, legacy, Elrond uh, uh, talking about that. And then the truths, the hard truths, which is something you and I uh, talk a lot about. If you're talking about Game of Thrones, you learn the lay of the land, the hard truth. A lot of it has to do with legacy. So it's like this flow chart that all goes into what you talked about. Legacy. It's a big thing. Mm. Definitely. Definitely there. All right. Yeah. And overall for me, I, 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 yeah, I, there, I, I really like your point about, you know, Hey, we're halfway through because I, I, I did enjoy this episode, but I enjoyed it in this way of like, all right, now we're really getting started. And then I kind of looked at the calendar and was like, and then we're almost going to be done, which is, <laughs> which is not a bad thing. It, it means the, the show has given us a lot and it's a lot to get through. It's a big map to wander around. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I really actually take your point and, and, and always trust your uh, editing uh, thoughts. Obviously, I, I edit on iMovie. I don't think you do. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I um, there's a lot to get to. You know, and, and the fact I, I understand the decisions to you know not pick up uh, with the Harfoots this week because we also had left some players off the map last week, and that's just kind of how it's going to go. And, and I'd rather have that than ju- you know jamming them all in there. But uh, now it feels like I have to kind of recatch up with some of the characters each to week, week, week to week, each episode, which, again, totally fine. Like you said up top, this, this could you look at it as, as nitpicky, but uh, I just think there's so much. And, and I sit down and I'm taking it all in and then, uh, you know, knowing that we still got uh, we got some big things to get to in a short amount of time. That's all. That's all I'll say about that. I'll agree with you on that point. But overall, I thought this was lore heavy in a wonderful way. Uh, the world building, which by now the world should be built, and I think it is. Uh, and seeing some of the big heavy themes hanging over the, all, all these characters is really getting interesting for me. So a lot to dive into. We're going to look at some of the uh, big moments uh, right here, right now on Casterly Talk. So, uh, Rachel, what jumped out to you uh, for a big giant moment? Where do you want to go first? I mean, my favorite scene was um, Galadriel and Midiel 
yeah. uh, introducing the Palantir into this story. And they actually stay pretty true, fairly true to the lore in terms mm. of, you know, saying that there were nine seeing stones and that they were gifted to the Numenorians to help them. Um, yeah. And, you know, and as we see later in Lord of the Rings, you know, how that they're actually kind of end up being corrupted. So it's, it's the idea of like, and I think this might um, also tie into like the sword mm-hmm. that uh, Theo has um, and even the dagger that Adar has, like the idea, mithril as well, things. And then the object itself is not inherently good or evil, but it's how you use them mm-hmm. in the world. And so I, I really kind of uh, focusing on a lot of those little tidbits, but regardless, mm-hmm. that scene to me, was like I said for momentum for Gladiel, honestly for momentum for Miriel, and also gives us more insight into her, because one of the things that the show still hasn't really done is explained definitive what definitively why they broke from the elves, the mm. Numenorians. Yeah, they said it was many generations ago. You got a hint of it during that sort of like route crowd rousing scene, yeah. the guy that Halbrand beat up, and then Farazan you know checking in but you know you can you can play it as like if we were friendly with the elves or we allowed them to come to the island they'd take over because yeah. they're better at everything they'll take our job they live forever like that they would take what we have earned and built for ourselves mm. and i get that but i also know the story and i know there's more to it and i and i i feel like we should start hopefully getting more mm. like the idea that the numenorians are jealous of the yeah. elves and beyond that specifically jealous of their immortality because they have done such great things and great works and elros you know the first king of numenor lived to 500 and like they're they're much further progressed than regular men in middle earth and they start to feel like they should Right. Even more so. So I'm kind of waiting for all that to come to a head. But the idea that Miriel has been in this between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. You know, she is somebody who believes what her father did in terms of um, having faith and um, and the virtue of still being in alliance with the with the elves and the old ways and whatnot. But she saw what happened when her father tried to make that. Yeah. The, the regular course of things um, and she doesn't go into specifics but it did not go well people yeah. died it was an uproar and she was only made queen regent based on the fact that she said she could quell that storm right so Keep that that finally we're getting more about where she, her she truly lies and the struggle and i love 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 galadriel basically saying I know what it is to be the only one who sees, the only one who yeah. knows. And because the Palantir has shown Miriel what will happen to Numenor if they push the gods too far um, with the wave, the literal wave of the episode, yeah. um, they're both in possession of knowledge that either people don't believe, don't want to believe, will hold it against you if you bring it up, like all of that. So I loved the coming together of them. Like I've been waiting for that and that, that payoff was was one of my favorite moments from the episode. Yeah, I think it was one of the the through lines of the episode I really enjoyed. Yeah, and you talk about the great wave, what that um, you know might even mean. You could take it to the, the Tolkien side of it, or just you know waves, water clearing out, destruction, uh, you know uh, washing away. There's a lot of those kind of things, and then we talk about the old ways, the new ways. But yeah, I, I love where that ended up. I love that the quote. I'm sure you you probably enjoyed the the quote as well, which was there is a tempest in me. It swept me to the side <laughs> for a reason, and it will not be quelled by you, Regent. Like, ah. And looks so great that she says that in that scene, and then in the scene and yep. the tower with the Palantir, she calls her Muriel. Yep. So there's progression there. Like, and again, yep. all kind of thanks to Hellbrand, um, just in terms of showing Galadriel another way to look at things. Yeah. It's not all about, you know, bull in a china shop, I'm an elf, so I know better, do it my way, or you know, I'll go over you or or whatever. Um, like Halbrand says, you, I, I would never question your ability as a warrior, yeah. as a fighter. He's good, but there are 
other other battles that are not physical and uh you have a lot to learn as far as those go how do you read people how do you work with them how do you think about it from their perspective and then use that to help you get your point across like all of that's really great and it all makes me wonder where he learned that from uh yeah where sorry learn that or well i I, I call knowledgeable about people and it sounds like about ruling and yeah yeah you know, all of that. So I'm like, eh, we all know the mystery's probably not going to get solved for a while, but yeah. Albert just what? continuing with the mystery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To, to, to sidetrack ourselves to that a little bit. I, I mean, I just called him Sauron. I, I, I still love all the theories and, and I, I'm not marrying myself to one. It's just, there's little tiny, tiny things, just even, even him kind of connecting in a way with, uh, uh, Farazan, uh, who clearly has the people, uh, I, I, it's not that Muriel doesn't have the people. She, like, I love the way you describing this rock in the hard place, but that was really telling because you have this theme of the fear of others, which shows up in a lot of fantasy things or even sci-fi things. And that's how leaders can incite people and, and stoke fear and the fear of others. And, and it, it's uh, Tamar is his name, speaking to the crowd, riling them up about the interlopers on their land. They're going to take our jobs. They're going to take our houses. They can live pretty powerful stuff, pretty real world stuff. And here, Farazon kind of, having their ear and the fact that, uh, you know, you have that little hint that Hal Brand is kind of like, uh, Hey pal, put that sword away. I got some information for you. And then he's out right. and about, uh, yeah. just to see that as at play, but about the Hal Brand Galadriel relationship, it's, it continues to be Rachel. One of my favorite things about the show, speculation about who he might be, but also connecting it to the beginning of the opening scene, which is about light and darkness. And how can you tell? And young Galadriel is uh, wondering about that. Her brother gives her this, advice and 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 sometimes you can't tell right sometimes the dark might reflect the light and you got to see through it it's one of the themes that just keeps carrying uh so much of the show and every time i see them like it's such a you know i don't i i'm not here to ship them i'm not here to do anything but it's just, they have such a chemistry there's such a play and i just love the moment you hinted at it but love the moment where she's like how dare all right what do you got <laughs> yeah like i mean she's she's like uh, last week when she learned that he is potentially the heir to, you know, the, yeah. the king of the Southlands and whatnot. Like that made her open her eyes and look at him in a different light. And now she's actually listening to him. Yeah. And, you know, for all of the, the creepy, violent stuff, that's also yeah. a part of him. He is giving her real advice and mm-hmm. advice that she, we know because we know the Galadriel that exists in the third age and in Lord of the Rings, we know that she does learn about people yeah. and understanding people and understanding their innermost wants and the abilities to, to, you know, access those and, and, you know, achieve those things and everything else. So it's great to see her getting influence from Halbrand influence from Miriel. I think, you know, when we get over to Middle Earth, we'll see more influences of people and it's all going to get her to the place we know that she ends up at. Um, And I I really, I will give it to Morphid Clark. Like um, she's, I'm I'm really, really enjoying it. Like she's so high and mighty and pompous sometimes and I'm just like, "Eh." (laughs) but that's the arc. That's the the trajectory and the journey and everything else. And um, yeah, Yeah. I think she's doing it. Look, you know, it's one of the things is like she's got a lot of a lot of reason to be at times, right? Which is that thin line. And, and even Halbrand, you know, again, going back to him, it's like his advice is so good and it's so dangerously good. And he's just basically like, yeah, you find your fears, uh, their fears, and then you can communicate with them a little bit better. But also, you know, use your fears uh, to your advantage. Just <laughs> dangerous. And again, he, I'm still half rooting for him just to be a good old bloke that was out in the ocean that got saved and might be a king. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah, a lot going on there. Uh, uh, yeah, it all ties together. Again, there's this old ways, uh, the new generations, uh, big choices, uh, a lot of things to play on there. But again, going to these um, these worlds, uh, the you know the, the dwarves are digging deep. They're become obsessed with this new ore they found. Uh, you know, I actually kind of, I guess it could be considered on the nose, but I did like the moment where it's like, I don't know, it's it's like called myth mythdrawal. No, it'd be mithril. Like I just love little things like that. I don't know. Uh, uh, they're obsessed, and but you know they they've got some big choices in front of them. The Southlands, you know that map looks mighty familiar. They got some mountains that might turn into something in that area. Uh, and Numenor has some big choices, and you're seeing the fall. Uh, just, I, I was fascinated with all that there. And I wanted to talk to you actually, Rachel, about seeing a vision of the fall uh, that is believed to be true. 
Um, and and as uh, seeing that on screen for you as a longtime fan, did it have uh, any effect? Yeah, I thought the the opening was great because it, I mean, as soon as I saw the wave, I knew that it was probably a dream. Yeah, but still, like that's you know th- yeah. that's where we're going. So yeah. to to see a manifestation of it and then watch the characters try to potentially find ways around it like it 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 just get it really lent itself for me specifically to really help enhance uh midiel's character and i loved that she is doing some sort of baptism initiation i I don't want to get religious but like whatever she's doing it with like the newborns yeah um a Numenor and that is another tie into like the theme of family and everything. It's like Miriel doesn't have children herself, but the people of Numenor are her children. And then we literally have babies in her arms. And then we see this threat that could wipe them all away. So it just, it's very telling for her character and, you know, and also just a, a portent of doom. And so we know that some of these characters know that, what are you going to do about it? Like yeah. is, is the question and, and whatnot. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I thought, thought it was very well done. Great way to start the episode. Very smart. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then to have the, the, the shorter version with Galadriel and having her reaction to it did, was great. Did you like the actual, uh, the, the effects that the, 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 uh, Palantir, the way it looked and everything kind of broke out. I thought it was wonderful uh, and different. I love the, the Jackson ones, of course, but like, I, I, yeah. I don't know. It's just a cool little trick for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, because it was just interesting to sort of like, I liked, it felt like it was cracking and then that what is what allows you to see. And I also feel like they're making some pretty direct parallels between that particular Palantir and the mirror of Galadriel later on. Mm -hmm. Like think this will show me things that were that are and things that might uh, come to pass. And so that is literally what this Palantir is doing. It's it's yeah. predicting a future, a possible future. So um, I liked that that, and then then that sort of physicality, the way that it broke out, and then she is in the vision. I got, it just was a little allusion to the to the mirror that um, mm. she eventually has. Uh, and yeah. so I, I liked that a lot. But yeah. yeah, that particular effect and the way they shot that scene was great. You know, just you know, technical camera work and whatnot, but like having the Palantir in the foreground and being looming the way it is. And then looking, she's that shot from a low angle with the Palantir yeah. and, and the way that she reaches for it and maybe a warning her and everything. It was a really, really well done scene. Yeah. No, a lot of it is uh, really getting um kind of why I'm buying a ticket for this, this show, you know, that Lord of the Rings vibe, the look, the feel, the way it's shot, the way it's put together. Uh, and then you get into some of the lore connections. It's 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 been real fun. Yeah, there was even a moment I thought there was the 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 use of the word pass at all in that sequence just made me go. Oh, yeah, that's that's a thing I know, which is, <laughs> which is totally fine. Totally fine. Yep. Uh, what are some of the other things that jump out to you? Because there's stuff like friendships, uh, relationships, the, and the lies, the truths, and deceptions of all that. The importance of that. Uh, we got uh, Adar uh, kind of uh, wanting to talk about truths. Uh, what jumped out to you next? Um, we can, we can delve into uh, the, at our stuff. Like it's, yeah. it's interesting. Like we, we, it's been like set up so strong, like that we finally had the reveal yeah. and it, obviously they weren't going to go too far. And he has, yeah. you know, a pretty standard villain speech. You've been told yeah. many lies. Some run so deep, even the rocks and ruins now believe them to untangle yeah. it all would all but require the creation of a new world. But that is only something the gods can do. And I am not, I'm no God, at least not yet. So, you know, it's you know. I know you, I know you, I see you look at your notes, but I was looking at the camera and I was like, God, Rachel just memorized that in a day. That's amazing. <laughs> no, I'm looking at notes. People. <laughs> I, know. I, got, um, I got my notes too. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. And, and of course this is our, our uncle Benjamin. Uncle Benjamin is here. Benjamin Stark is here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, 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 yeah, he's, he's, uh, and it's been kind of fun because speculation of, you know, who might be Sauron, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he's, he's got the, the leader in the clubhouse vibe, which is so intentional to, to, to swerve, I think. Uh, yeah. So he does have that classic villain speech. But anyways, what do you love about that stuff or, or, or want to talk about it? Yeah, no, I, 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 it was a tidbit. It wasn't a lot. Um, but I do think there were some little tidbits um, in, that were telling about his conversation with Arendir. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, the, 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 the big thing is, is he has elf ears. Yeah. So, you know, the, all the theorizing that it's a fallen elf. 
he's a fallen elf is seems yeah. pretty much the thing um who he is specifically you know uh there are potential characters in the Silmarillion but again with the rights issues I don't know yeah. if they can actually come out and say hey this is Aeol or hey this is Maeglin like yeah. those were dark elves who you know um sort of went bad if you will and Maeglin makes a little more sense because of the burns and mm-hmm. Maeglin's supposed death in the first age was he was pushed off a cliff into the flames of Gondolin as it was burning down. Um, so th- there's those kinds of little things. But I think at the end of the day, the point is yeah. that Sauron, Morgoth were able to corrupt people. They yeah. corrupted men. That's the whole dynamic that's happening between you know, the ancestors of the Southlanders and the ancestors of the Numenorians, the Adine houses of men. So this is, you know, the elves think they're all high and mighty and maybe uncorruptible. Not true. And I think that's an important point to make, um, which I really like. Um, Mm -hmm. Another theory that could potentially work is that Tolkien has said that or wrote that the original orcs were captured elves tortured into being these twisted mm-hmm. um, evil beings. Um, and I think you get a sense of that too. I was thinking about the first episode when we were um, on the Ford with and, uh, and in Sauron's um, ice castle there. Yeah. And they were looking at the, the wall and there was blood and clearly some kind of blood evil magic was being attempted at the time. So I feel like I, I was sort of getting echoes of that in terms of what these orcs are looking for, yeah. that blade that Theo has, but also um, that they are in order to create a new world and become a god, as Adar says he wants to do, I feel like needs a bigger push and needs a, mm. a magical or yeah. evil element in that way. So, mm. um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot there to think about. The show didn't actually give us a whole lot, yeah. but for the lore heads, our, our brains have been spinning. Um, whatever he ends up being, I do think it's going to be mostly an original take on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because as far as we know, like I, I mentioned two dark elves from the first age, as far as any of us knew they died. Right. Um, so they could rewrite a little bit. Uh, there's Such. room, there's wiggle room for that. But I think it's more about just, like I said, a, an elf that goes to the dark side yeah. uh, and hopefully we'll learn a little bit of the how and the why with that. And I'm still one of the unique things from this show that we didn't get in Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit is the way these orcs act toward him. And the way yes. that he acts toward them in the, a father figure. That's why they call him that. Right. But he really is like, he he gives like a mercy killing to the orc who's injured. Like that's out of right. some yeah. twisted version of love. And the way the orcs <laughs> talk about yeah. him, it's not yeah. a, a Saruman or a Sauron who they're basically afraid of and they're just you know minions of for yeah. for lack of a better word but here they actually adore him mm. and i think that's very different interesting and will tie into once we get more revelations about him yeah and this, this is all great stuff rachel yeah and and, and a lot of it uh, w- with adar tying into uh the theme of truth, right? And, and everyone wanted to, you know, what's the truth? And and our friendships could all be, be built on truth. And Disa, you, you protected your husband. That's the truth. There's these l- truths and lies and deceptions. And, and Gladriel even saying that with Muriel, like, give me, give me the truth. Like John Lennon once saying, give me the truth. Give me some truth. Uh, but I, I love that he's got that the villain take on it of, oh, look, Elf, I'm going to give you some truth. That's going to change your relationship with your own history, how you view it, how you view it going forward. That's going to be big. But I really love the last point you made. There's some other stuff. Um, well, I'll say this. In terms of like uh, him, him, I, I don't think anyone around these parts believes he's Sauron, even though he's, you know, it's got some of the energy. You got Waldrig talking to Theo about, how oh, did you see the star? That's Sauron. And then we all kind of, have uh, Halbrand thoughts again? We're not even saying that it's 100 percent our our prediction. It's just a lot of signs pointing to that. The idea that 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 uh, old Uncle Benjamin Elf here could be uh, a, a villain for the Southlands, and you have your your king and your 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 possible future king coming back to reclaim some stuff. 
uh, with with Halbrand. If that ends up happening in any way, shape, or form, and you got a villain that he can take out, and he seems like a hero. By the way, this land looks pretty nice. Can I put some new paint and wallpaper up? Um, mm-hmm. We'll see if that happens. But the final thing, a little bit of orc culture. It's been interesting. I don't, I'm not rooting for the orcs, right? They don't seem like yeah. who I want to root for, but it's been interesting to see that. You're right. It is a little different. It's a little more mindless than the other tellings, which is is that version and makes a lot of sense with Saruman and all that stuff here. But I, I've kind of enjoyed seeing them have some sort of connection with this boss man. They communicate more and yeah. they're communi- they've they opted not to have them do it in orcish, which is what yeah. the Hobbit did. Um, but, uh, it's, they're, they are both slightly sillier than the Lord of the Rings orcs, but still terrifying at times. And it's just this, this idea that they, um, that they they seem smarter, I guess, or or more capable of thought (laughs) than sort of the, the, the average orc in Lord of the Rings that just attacks and fights all the time so yeah yeah no i mean we we talked about the the meats back on the menu vibe that's kind of missing from some of it but uh, but and i think that's a great point uh but also yeah there's something different there's uh there's something more and what not that it's more dangerous i don't no need to compare them uh but just it's just the different feel of you're right there's a little bit more thought going on and that to me makes them somewhat uh, more dangerous they can't find theo in a well but um you know (laughs) they're still dangerous when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, One of the other uh, things, a lot of things to discuss, I think, in terms of of lore, but I do want to go spend some time with Doran and Elrond. There's a warmth between them that I've really enjoyed. Disa in there as well. She's she's just an absolute um, joy to watch for me. She's uh, I just love the energy there. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and, and again, this uh, I thought some touching, powerful stuff with uh, King Durin the third and Prince Durin the fourth. Uh, Elrond giving that speech, um, you know, it ties into some lore about his father and and the, the star that he becomes, so to speak. But uh, I thought it was really powerful uh, stuff about it isn't just always about moving forward or leaving the old ways behind. It is a little bit of a, of a generational exchange uh, and the openness there. I, I thought it was really warm at the end of the whole, even though there's some some stuff behind it. They're both they're going to go, you know, go to Linden to figure it out. And what are you digging for? There's. A lot, of, a lot of deception going on here, but I think the truth is there's a, a true connection here between these uh, two characters that I, I've enjoyed watching. How's that hitting for you? I love it. I mean, when Elrond finally told the story, I mean, he he and Celebrimbor talked a little bit about it uh-huh. um, with Celebrimbor having met and spoken with Eärendil, um, his father, uh, back in the First Age, and how that, you know, I don't think Elrond has very many opportunities to speak with people who knew his father yeah. in any way, because when he sailed um, to Valinor to plead for aid, Elrond and Elros were very, very young. Right. And then their mother leaves very shortly thereafter, um, trying to escape the Fionorians, uh, Fionorians, the Noldor elves that want the Silmarils. <laughs> and Elwing had one. And uh, so she jumped off a cliff, yeah. turned it and went and reunited with Arendelle. Anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, it sounds like if someone was to ever to get those rights, we'd have another good series. Oh, my! one of my favorite stories is the idea um, in the first age that lead to Elrond and Elros. Yeah. You have essentially two unions of uh, elvish women and mortal men and down through the lines, hmm. um, Arendelle and Elwing end up marrying. And they have Elrond and Elros. And it's just one of those things that I, I adore from the Silmarillion. Mm. But aside mm. from all that, to have Elrond talk about the fact that he had a father, yeah. lost him very young, and that his father is this massive icon hero. He yeah. sailed west and reached Valinor, something that had not been achieved in a thousand years. Mm-hmm. He successfully pleaded the case and got the uh, the yeah. Valar to send an army to defeat Morgoth. Like, 
that alone yeah. gives you hero status. And then after that, more. they also decide the only remaining Silmaril, which mm. Elwing had and brought to him, they put on his brow and gave him a ship to to fly through the skies and he becomes a star. Right. Um, <laughs> like if you're Elrond, you're like, how do I live up to that? How do I do it? Yeah. <laughs> Like, your dad's uh, your dad's the king and you're a prince. You're gonna be all right. My dad's a star. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really telling, I think, about him and also why he's kind of being portrayed a little bit as like um, mm. I don't want to say this in a negative way, but like the guy who has more humble beginnings and is working his way up and mm. smoozing the right people and having the right yeah. plans and like you know to, to to get up the the ladder the hierarchy because as we said um in a prior review in the first episode they called they they didn't say he was an elf lord right. um so you can see why he's trying to be the best herald for Gilgalad and be yeah. the, the person who fixes Calibrimmer's problem and whatnot however now yeah. <laughs> my brain is so Elrond swears a pretty devastating, you know, oath yeah. and yeah. oaths are very important and uh, binding in this world. We know that from Lord of the Rings and the oath that the um, army of the dead mm-hmm. swore and broke and then became, you know, ghosts for thousands of years before they could uh, make amends. So oaths are incredibly important and serious and Elrond makes an oath that he won't tell anybody about Mithril. Yeah. Uh, but yet Durin tells his father he still thinks there's some undercurrent or other reason beyond just wanting the dwarves' help to build the, t- the um, giant furnace. Yeah. So Celebrimbor and maybe Gilgalad are using Elrond? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, I, I'm not sure like I'm who rooting for that. Yeah. knows. I'm, I'm absolutely rooting yeah, for yeah, it. I don't like, want like, yeah, Elrond to be eating oaths to the rocks, which we know are are quite powerful. Um, yeah. in, in, not. But then the other thing, other thing is too, is like the oath basically says like if you break it, they'll basically be like a curse on on your family through the lines. And yet Elrond lives a pretty devastating life like mm-hmm. the, his daughter mm-hmm. becomes mortal and right. you know he loses his wife and um and all so there's a, you know little pieces here and there that i don't think they've given us enough to show the whole picture yet of mm-hmm. where elon falls in you know the scheming that is in my mind now pretty clearly happening because at the end of the day the other comment was when he looks at the piece of mithril and he says it feels it looks like the the light is coming from within it mm-hmm. that's what the silmarils were mm-hmm. and we know mm-hmm. that celebrimbor wants to make his mark on the world in the way that his grandfather did by creating the silmarils so now my mind is just like celebrimbor knew about the mithril somehow some way and did send elrond there you mm-hmm. know under the guise of doing this thing but he's actually more interested in this um, and so I, I gotta say, I'm a, I'm a little worried about it. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, like I said, I'm rooting for him just to be like, but I said an oath. You can't do this. Celebrimbor. You can't do this to me. Yeah. It's uh it's yeah, no, I love it. And what you said earlier, uh, was a really, uh, I love that theme here about all these things just in and uh, of themselves aren't evil or good. It's what you, mm-hmm. uh, put into them, what you use them yeah. for. And that comes to play a lot. And even, even those, those rings that are, uh, forthcoming, you know, you might look at it that way, too, unless you're Sauron, of course, in his one ring. So, yeah, I love all those themes. Yeah, and, and trying to trying to predict uh, the, the rift is kind of where I'm at on uh, how it's going to happen, how it's going to fall down. But in, the, but in the meantime, I think it hurts because that just there's such a good chemistry between these performers. It's uh, brilliant. It. And the, the uh, Disa singing to the rock to, yeah. to spare there. Oh, uh, that scene just gave me chills both times that I watched it. I thought that was wonderful and also so great to see a uh, some sense of magic outside of the elves that elrond was surprised to see but yeah. she actually does move the rocks like there's a physicality to what she's doing um in a way that we've never seen before with the dwarves and my guess is he's never seen before uh, and the elves because generally speaking still even though elrond is only like two-thirds elf i don't know yeah. Yeah. um yeah yeah Elves think they're superior. 
because it, uh, on paper they are they are yeah. they're immortal they don't they you know uh, for a long time they couldn't even die like yeah. it, it's but then to it, it, it's like that like um yeah you know shaking your core belief of that yeah no we're we're superior in every way oh wait what did that dwarf just do i didn't know yeah. dwarves could okay wait Love, yeah. <laughs> there's like not overtly but like i just liked seeing that mm-hmm. um power of the dwarves yeah. in, in a way that um i think a lot of this series is going to be about the slow decline of the elves and the idea that they are not yeah. I mean, they're not perfect by a long shot and they don't necessarily have it better just because they're immortal. That actually, you know, leaves yeah. lo- leads toward great heartache um, in a lot of ways. So mm-hmm. I like seeing the Numenorians and I like seeing the elves and the idea that like, you know what, these other people are, are worth a thought or two as well. So. No, I, I absolutely love that. Yeah. The, the, again, the, I think there's some, real beauty in seeing uh, what we eventually will call Moria and probably more familiar people, more familiar oh, with that version of they it. They dealt too greedily and too deep. Yeah. I was like, Oh, hello. Yeah, well, and to see it, to see it play out. But I just, uh, this series so far, again, uh, you know, some, some people might be watching and, and we, we tried, we're trying not to jump too far ahead with just what we might know happens, but it's hard to avoid only because this is a series about, kind of where you end up, you know, we talk a lot about the journey of uh, Galadriel and, and uh, how she's got to take some steps forward and to not legally to the Jackson character, but to, uh, you know, uh, and what Kate Blanchett did so wonderfully. Um, but just to follow that, 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 that path. And, and I think we're following these paths and some of these paths are dark ahead of, ahead of their journey. And I'm fascinated by that. And what can you learn from that? This, this idea of, uh, you know, again, the, the path paths uh, of darkness, uh, in front of you or passive light and how can you tell the difference because sometimes thanks to folks like Halbrand maybe um, it, it looks kind of the same again I'm right. heaping a lot on him it's weird <laughs> I'm heaping a lot on <laughs> he could just be a dude he's not he's and I not. can only imagine that the writers and creators of this show mm-hmm. know people like me are out there and we are probably a significant <laughs> piece of the audience so we we know the big pieces there's certain things that we know these this is leading to and even film watchers from lord of the rings do know that hazardoom is no more in moria Uh, you know so like so you can't do those signposts those events have to happen um but what do you do in between that both organically leads to those events but also gives us something different yeah something unexpected and so you know that's why i'm like kind of questioning where kellebrimbor and gilgalad are you know like maybe not quite as high and mighty and pure and virtuous as yeah potentially but that that characteristic new characteristic of them does not change the big picture of where we're going so like Mm -hmm. things like that um i think are a lot are working some are a little bit slower for mm-hmm, me, mm-hmm. but generally speaking, I, that's what the writers are trying to do. They're trying to get these characters to do things that make sense given yeah. the end game, but also give us something new and interesting to watch. How, how has been uh, your, uh, he hasn't been in, in there a ton, but I keep joking. I don't have the, the, the Lauren book knowledge you do. And I'm looking at Kella Brimbor. I know a little, I can go to a wiki and get some history, right? But I'm looking at him with I just I just kind of don't like the dude. But is that that how does that track for a, 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 a someone like you who's lived with this series a lot longer than I have? It, it works. It, it works. absolutely works. I mean, um, I, 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 like I, I, I'm not going to say where it ends, but I'm just like yeah. even the little bit that I mentioned in um, our first review. Celebrimbor mm-hmm. is the grandson of the elf who started the war against Morgoth. Now yeah. you would argue Morgoth started the war by stealing the Silmarils. But Feyrnir was the one who gathered all of his people, made them swear blood oaths to recover the Silmarils yeah. or die. And most of them ended up dying. Mm-hmm. So his pride and everything led to everything that happened in the, in the first age. And this is his grandson. Yeah. And, and we had that wonderful speech from him in the <laughs> second episode that really showed that he, while probably understanding you don't want you know 
be the next Feyenoord. Like not exactly how you want to do this, but still admires his grandfather for what he did um, because creating something is important to characters a lot of the time and very specifically to him the lineage being that his grandfather created the most beautiful items ever Mm -hmm. created in the history of all of middle earth um and he wants to make his mark as we've spoken about before but is he capable of doing that in maybe a slightly underhanded twisted kind of way yes (laughs) yeah yeah and i would the the big thing about him i am very much aware i just yeah i'm just like I've just, I, Charles Edwards, I think his name is doing a great job of just, even as, in the short amount of time, I'm just like, I know you're on the good team. I know you wear the uniform I'm supposed to cheer for, but I yeah. don't, I'm not necessarily cheering for you in a lot of ways, which has been fun for, for me. But also I love what you're talking about. The, the cr- creation is at the center of a lot of this, right? E- even I've seen a lot of great articles this, this past couple of weeks about what the opening is and, and, and uh, creation and, and music, uh, how, how it's important to, uh, a lot of Tolkien lore and, the, and and music and creation kind of come together. There's a lot of that. You got a lot of the Builders Guild stuff here. You got uh, 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 the, the daughter. I haven't. What's her? Arian. 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 Yeah. Arian. She was actually one of the things that I feel like they're dragging their feet on a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Um, How so? I like it, that. Go for it. Yeah. It, it just like. Or in Kemen. She, yeah, Kemen as well. Um, mm-hmm. At least we met Kemen in this episode. And so we were learning characteristics of him. Yeah. We, weren't, we didn't learn anything about her that we didn't already know in last week's episode. She was more of a, what character can we put in this circumstance where the crowd starts to come together mm-hmm. to give us a, a perspective, per se. Um, yeah, but what's the one interesting takeaway, while it wasn't necessarily blatant there, is following it through in the theorizing, you know, if she ends up in a relationship with Kemen, who is the son of Farazon, and she is watching this crowd, you know, be against elves so much, if she doesn't end up sort of being one of, like, choosing that side of the Numenorians and not the side of what they call the faithful, um, mm-hmm. which means it would pit her against her own family. Right. Um, so I, I, could, I could kind of see maybe that's where they're going, but I, I was like, I didn't, got nothing from her mm. about her in this episode. And wow. she kind of just popped up a lot in the, in a really weird way to me. Um, but I'm, I still like the actress. I like yeah. giving uh, Ellen Deal a daughter, um, being in the Builders Guild. There's a lot of potential things that have to get built later. Yeah, yeah. You know, She's yeah. very involved with those. Um, yeah. So I, like I said, I, I like the character. I just didn't think the writing of her in this episode Mm, didn't, like, did anything for us really didn't gel for you either yeah no yeah some interesting stuff the the you know yeah she's she's often in some spots to get uh to, to a little point of view for us maybe a little bit at times seeing there on the ground yeah no i i like what you talk about there and, and and the call what do you think about the call for the west what i keep calling the call of the west which is uh yeah. is sealed there just kind of hearing the hearing the voices from the land and he's supposed to maybe be more of the sea. That's just kind of my general way of looking at it there. Um, yeah. Again, knowing a little bit what's, what's coming with him and his father and everything. I don't know. Uh, how's it, uh, how's that jabbing for you? For me, like I said at the beginning, uh, it works. I just think they didn't need to drag it out over two episodes. Mm, I think yeah. that getting kicked out and the, these um, consequences of that with his friends and everything else, like we already saw him on a ship. Yeah. And heard the call and everything else. And I know the idea is that he did this on purpose for himself, not knowing it was going to affect others. But again, I didn't learn anything more about him, except that he was willing to throw himself under the bus to to get what he wanted um, and then feel bad that he, he you know, potentially doomed his yeah. friends, especially now that they've all stepped up to be part of the expeditionary force that Queen Muriel is going to take to yeah. Middle Earth. You know, you can see further consequences potentially being one or two of them dying and that having been ultimately yeah. Isildur's fault. Yeah. Um, but again, what basically what I'm doing is like the, the episode didn't really do a whole lot for me in terms mm. of saying a lot of stuff. It was just me projecting and yeah. everything. And I feel like there's a, yeah. a better way to potentially write these scenes or quicker ways to write these scenes so that you can actually get forward momentum from them mm-hmm. a little faster and still, you know, from the know where it's going and understand where it's gotcha. going. 
No, I, I got you there. Yeah, and as far as the Isildur, it just seems like, yeah, he's uh, he sometimes does things for himself without thinking about it, maybe. <laughs> yeah. thing, maybe the bigger picture, maybe, maybe. But we'll see. We'll see. But he's such a good guy. He's such a good, got a good heart right now at this point. Uh, the stuff there at the uh, the end, the, the, the big, um, I want to say switch from uh, Muriel, but just maybe kind of making a decision. Uh, fate, uh, fate brings you this big choice and we've got to ask ourselves who we are. That's kind of the big, uh, one of the big ends for the episode, I thought there. Uh, um uh, I, I just kind of, uh, you know, I did, it was very uh, Lord of the Ringsy for me, if that makes sense. I was inspired. I wanted to join up and head right. We We got the big speech. Yeah. You know, and what, like, how, and again, in the speech evokes, you know, their forefathers and yeah. the great deeds that they did that helped build Numenor. Mm-hmm. Does that drive, does that passion exist in the current crop? of Numenorians. Yeah. And if it does, what do we do with that to earn our place and to live up to the legacy of our forebears? And yeah. I really liked that in an episode when that's just everybody, like Isildur and Elendil, Elrond and Arendil, during the third, during the fourth, Muriel to her father, yeah. also to the people. Galadriel once again gets, uh, na- her father gets name checked. Yep. So even Theo and Bronwyn, like the, the idea of this generation and that, and as you said, like that, that really plays a big part in this. And I think yeah. that played a part in Muriel's decision too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious if you think that the, when was the decision made? Was it after Galadriel starts to sail away on that ship? And then the blossoms from um, Nimoth, Nimoth fall? Yeah. Or is it, the, was it all, part of a plan to begin with like to, to seemingly send Galadriel away and then bring everybody to court and make a big production out of this decision. That's a, that's a great point. Ooh, this is a great question because, you know, even Farazone kind of has that like, yeah, all right, everyone's going to gather. You got their mm-hmm. attention type of thing. And I, I initially, my initial viewing might've been that it was the leaves, uh, and how you interpret that, right? And what that means and, and, and uh, you know, that the, this might not be a good sign that we're sending her away or sending her yeah. away alone. So I thought that is, that might have influenced the decision. But I think that's a great point that you're also saying. Again, it's about lies and t- truths and deceptions and yeah. how you connect and how you get the messages uh, across. But it then it ties wonderfully into that, the best way to go forward, that theme and the generational exchange theme we've been talking about. So I, if I had to put some money down on the table, I'm saying the leaves caused it and she switched before the speech what do you think okay. I, it, it makes sense too because the last episode they talked about like most Numenorians believe when Nimloth starts to fail yes. that that is a, a, a portent of the Valar being upset with him yeah um but you know not everybody continues to believe that but we now know that Miriel is a faithful um, yeah. the faithful and who does believe that and does believe that the Valar are still watching um, and uh, could potentially lead to that vision that she's had. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm okay with that. I was just, as part of me thought that she's a crafty enough statesperson. Mm-hmm. And also just after that meeting with Galadriel, even though she says, I can't hang a kingdom on the thread of faith. And that's yes. her reason why she turns her down. Like my thought is maybe she spends the night thinking about that or spends the night, you know, sitting next to her father and thinking about it and coming to the decision on her own that, no, this is, this is the, a dangerous road, but it's the right road. It's, it's, you know, um, yeah. but it, uh, it could be the pretty straightforward version of it. Uh, it yeah. probably is. But, but also, but also that, that, that tracks too of if, if the leaves itself wouldn't make her switch on a dime. So I think you're, you're, you're right. Cause that's a great point. That conversation they have, I actually really love where she's kind of like, you're right, but I can't run a kingdom on that. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry okay. about that. Um, but I, I, I think you're right. I think it, I think it hits there. I think it's a slow, slow burn, which, uh, you know, this series, there's a lot of slow burn series in the world. This is, but I think, uh, I, I think it works. And just to have that kind of confirmation might be it as well. Cause she's someone that is, is very much, I would say believes in visions or is at least wary of visions and visions, uh, whether you get them from a stone or, you know, some wood, which tells you, uh, you know, your, your, your fortune 
they love when they hang over characters because it, it does that force you to make decisions you wouldn't, or does it force you to make a more honest decision to yourself uh, well, as, as the prophecies hang over you and how you interact with them? I'm always fascinated by that. So it's a great question. We'll ask her. We'll, <laughs> we'll ask Queen Regent. Uh, anything else on the table? We, left? we didn't really talk too much to the tower. I, I'd like to have Brahman coming back. I think she, she's, uh, I think she's an interesting character. Uh, Theo and in the in the in the hilt, it, it's a good uh, an, an important item and an item that leads to that that really chilling conversation with. Uh, uh, well, I was almost going to call him Walgreens, but that is a store that you can get cough syrup at. Uh, I think it is a Waldrick. There he is. Um, I really love this idea too of just him kind of being like, ah, you're in the club, yeah, like no, not really, but okay, and just and and kind of the the evil that never dies and the believers that hang on what that might yeah. mean. I thought the whole whole sequence was pretty interesting there too. So uh, we can go to the tower before we head on out. What do you think about all that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was important to set up the stakes for those people. Like they talked about like pretty much every village over this entire area yeah. has fled and is there. Um, the problems, the logistical problems of that, um, having it's Bronwyn step yeah. up in a kind of a leadership role. And again, to me, it's it read like Theo wanted to contribute. So when he has the idea to go to Waldrick's farm yeah. and she shuts him down so quickly, and the and I was actually really struck by her quote. It's like you can either help me or make it harder. Yeah. Um, and mm. that when you when a parent says that to a child. They either, you know, uh, slink off and, and just accept it or <laughs> they yeah. dig their heels in and, and they do the thing that um, they did. your parents didn't want you to do. And clearly that was him. I find Theo really interesting because he seems, as the son of Bronwyn, like a good hearted yeah. kid. Yeah. Um, and... All, like his motivation is to help people to get the food b- back to them and everything else is why she, he wants yeah. to go into the, the tavern, um, even though they had a bunch of food already. Like all of it is stemming from a place of, you yeah. know, wanting to prove that he can help and make a difference to his mother and also to the rest of the people. Yeah. Um, and then have that juxtaposed with the hilt and clearly that the orcs were looking for the hilt and, you know, mm. I guess that answers that question, although I still I'm not sure. Like part of me still thinks that there's other things around this area. And quite frankly, one of the mm. things that I thought of was where are the other Palantiri? Yeah. Uh, and if one plays a role in somewhere, I thought maybe they'd be looking for that potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. However, they, the orcs pretty much clearly come out and say, like, we, got, yeah. we found it, but the kid has it. Yeah. Um, so it, it, is this a blood magic hilt? That clearly you have to give your blood to to make it turn into a sword. Um, does it tie into again the blood magic that was mentioned um, in Sauron's fortress in the first episode? And is it the kind of thing where if you use it too much, then that is what corrupts you? Yeah. And it certainly seems like Waldrick is already corrupted and just like sitting in wait, mm-hmm. which does mean that there is someone on the inside of the tower if the orc showed up like you have him and potentially other men in this tower uh, women too potentially um that are are just waiting for the sign to to switch over to the side of adar and sauron uh, by property so Mm -hmm. i'm curious about it um it's still a little one-dimensional at times um but I I love Arandir. I do really yeah. think that he is. He's he's our new Legolas. He's yeah. flipping badass. I'm I love here that for sequence. It. Yeah, that sequence. Uh, the chase sequence was uh, real fun. And yeah, so like, and and he also is somebody who is sort of torn. Maybe not specifically from his parents, but we did learn that he was born in the first age in Beleriand. Yeah. So that gives him that fleshes out his backstory a little bit more and. He was around for the War of Wrath. He was around um, for Morgoth and all of that. So his vigilance yeah. now makes more sense in all of this. But also he's torn because he finds himself actually liking these people and being attracted yeah. to them, specifically Bronwyn and everything else. Um, and then to be the messenger from Adar to basically say, like, 
surrender, live here and, and bow down to me yeah. or, mm-hmm. you know, orcs are going to wipe you out. Um, so, mm-hmm. so that army from Numenor is got, got to get there fast. Got to get there, <laughs> got to get there fast. Building yep. towards the season one ended. Yeah. No, the sequence I was saying when they're, when he, uh, saves, uh, Theo. Yeah. And as far as Theo, yeah, there's something that, um, no fault of, of his own, uh, the character, um, where I'm just like, I, I, I have, I fear things for him. <laughs> it's just, I hope yeah. it turns out. Okay. Uh, but also, yeah, it's, yeah. it's another one of the, another potential Nazgul, if you ask me. Yeah. But you know, just that somebody that it, they're young, he's young. So you can do more with the character over time, you know, somebody yep. who is good hearted, but ends up being corrupted. Exactly how Waldrick, the others, the sword, the hilt, like if, if Adar finds him and talks to him and, and convinces him, like there's a lot of different paths. Um, and then there's the path that we all hope is that he will reject it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, it, it, they're clearly setting him up as like the new kid on the block who is now aware that their forefathers fought for Morgoth, hate the elves with a passion and that 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 still lives inside a lot of his people. And so will yeah. it live inside him too? Cause he's already made it pretty clear how he feels about elves. Yeah. Nobody likes elves. And in, no. in, 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 in this time period, if you're not, a, if you're an elf, everybody's just, they, they don't like you. Yeah. No, yeah. In my, you know, mom, you're dating an elf. Come on. It's like dating the school teacher. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love, yeah. I love all that there. And yeah. Shout out to Rowan for leaving his buddy when he uh, first signed a trouble, just packed Seriously. that, packed that real barrel and left. Yeah. You know, I don't like that. Hey guy. Uh, well, that's that. Well, there's a lot in this episode, uh, but it's uh, also getting us uh, closer and closer to some bigger things. So, looking ahead to uh, next week, and I got I, you know what? I didn't even this time. I didn't watch the next on kind of preview, which is good. Sometimes I like to go in a little more blind. Um, sure. But yeah, a lot of big things coming here. As far as this is building towards season one, four episodes left, uh, and uh, you know. Do you do you have any thoughts on what we might get towards the end here, battle wise, or just uh, any hopes for that? I should say more than what you think in terms of predictions. Yeah, it's it's hard because Sauron has to be in two places. Yeah, at some point or other, like there are two. I don't want to say too much. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. But yeah, yeah and there's, he's, some, he's got to do stuff in two different spots. Yeah, um, we got some timeline crunch we're dealing with. Yeah, and this timeline crunch has me like wondering if they're going to flip it mm. potentially the two things, um, or if they're going to find a way to to tie them together more quickly than I'm expecting. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, the fight for the Southlands is the focus. And I definitely yeah, foresee roads. that. Um, there, yeah. yeah, but I, I, I think I'll be a little disappointed if we don't get a bigger. The show is called Rings of Power, and that we haven't even come close to anybody really talking about that. Now yeah. you got to admit or or theorize, you know, that the tower furnace that Kelebrimbor yeah. is building will play a role in that, um, but we still haven't seen Sauron with the elves. Um, And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that he'll be called Anatar in, in this, in the um, show, but he he has to link up with them in some way and and in disguise. So if that's Halbrand getting over there, I don't know, maybe if it's somebody else that we, you know, we still haven't even been, there are characters from trailers um, that have. have not, been introduced yet in the show so yeah uh, we and we just met Adar. so like i i just i'm just hoping that we get something by the end of the season that leads us a little bit closer to the idea of what the show is called, called the rig the race <laughs> and, and the importance yeah of it um but yeah. uh but i i just want something the tidbit get like yeah. get me a little closer to that meanwhile you have set up a very you know the 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 rise of Sauron's armies yeah. and the, the rise of Mordor and the idea that, you know, um, that evil as much as everybody thought was gone is not, that is going to be proven in a big way by the end of this season yeah. um, with most likely some kind of pretty big battle. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, no, and you're right in terms of the, the rings of power, the rings of power, it's a shadow hanging over everything, but it's not clear. Yeah. Uh, and uh, to, to people just kind of passing through, it might not be clear. So yeah, some kind of uh, moving towards that, but yeah, in terms of battle, I, I would never say I need anything, but 
I do come around these parts for a lot of reasons. The themes, the lessons, the inspirations, and the fighting. I do hope we get something <laughs> big. I think we will. Um, yeah. At least uh, it seems that way. Um, uh, I would hate to, uh, you know, a bunch of... Uh, uh, important, uh, earnest whispering is, I love it. I love it. That's why I come to Lord of the Rings, but, uh, I do want to see some, uh, some fighting. I always like some fight. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I think um, they know that. I think we're yeah. going to get something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> someone on a horse giving a big speech, Muriel's speech was great this week, but that only gets you to the battlefield. Let's get the speech right. in the battlefield. <laughs> I'm sure it's coming. A lot of discuss, a lot of lore, a lot of great things out there. We'll dive on in more. Rachel, a lot of fun hanging out with you, talking rings of power. Uh, you are going to um, not be around for next week's show. You got a, a life event, life getting in the way oh, of podcasting. Sorry. It's always a problem. <laughs> So uh, right, we'll certainly be back and I'm very excited about the second half of the season, regardless of the nitpicks and everything else. I actually had somebody ask me, oh, my gosh, I'm going to do this. Ask me if I look forward to uh, Rings of Power or House of the Dragon more each week. And I'm actually edging towards Rings of Power because um, yeah. there's more to figure out, more to sort of theorize mm -hmm. and, and tackle against yeah. my, my knowledge and everything else and i'm just very happy that i'm back in that world and that it is so well built yeah. and um yeah well, i'm just i'm really really happy um on on the the large scale with the show i'm excited to no it's great it's great to hear great to hear i think yeah you probably have more lord of the rings tattoos than game of thrones tattoos right that's probably true yeah yeah. <laughs> yes, there you go. Uh, there you go. Well, we'll be breaking down House of Dragon episode five uh, later this weekend as well. Uh, I'll be uh, breaking down all three episodes of release of Andor next week for Force Center. I'm watching a lot of shows and taking a lot of notes. So we'll get to it, though. Rachel, thanks for coming on in here. Rachel Cushing Levine yes. here, everybody. Uh, I almost want to say give a round of applause. There's no audience here, but uh, <laughs> uh, always good to have you around here, Rachel. Uh, where can they uh, follow you uh, if they want to uh, tweet some uh, lore questions for your lore thoughts? Anytime. I'm uh, on Twitter at Rachel Cushing Levine, all one word. There you go. And I think at the beginning of the show, I, I went old school, said Rachel Cushing. It's just, it's, you know, I got, I got years it's, of saying Everybody's going to split. I'm figuring <laughs> I'd give people a year. Give them a year. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, uh, you, know what, <laughs> you, know what, you know what I haven't done yet? Here's why. I've, I've yet to update this, the phone contact intro uh, in, in, in Word. You know, once you do that, then it's in your brain. I'll be doing got that. It. I'm okay. Ken Napsuck. You can follow me. Uh, call me what you want at Ken Napsuck. Go to my website, KenNapsuck.com for more. And uh, just announced uh, by Mark Ellis. Uh, Mark Ellis and I will be in New York City at the New York Comedy Club, October 6th and 7th. Uh, going to be a lot of fun. Uh, come on out if you're out that way. And then a little bit later in the month, we'll be in Seattle. Information for that coming. So if you want to see us on the road, go uh, catch uh, our website. So Mark Ellis uh, Live. Uh, dot net and or he's changed his mark the links in the go to kennapsack.com the link's there uh i'm having one of those days i'm also tired too that's that we'll get out of yeah. here while we're in one piece go fight the rings everybody or find the rings destroy them do what you got to do choose light over darkness even though it's sometimes difficult see ya bye